Hello, everybody. So in this video, this is going to be episode nine, and this is going to be part of the series, The New Earth versus the New World Order. And that's episode nine, and that's going to be in the playlist. So far, I have nine videos done. My goal is to have 12, which is coming along pretty good. And this is going to be part of New Earth versus New World Order. Holly reached out to me and said that, hey, I have this great information. I'd love to be part of the, the series for the New Earth versus New World Order. And I said, yeah, send me some information. I'll check it out. And she sent me this YouTube channel of her playlist. And you do QHHT. And mm -hmm. so the first session is a QHHT session. And then later on, Lauren winds up channeling, correct? Right, right, yeah. So Laura Di Piazza, who channels the Council of Twelve, um, and it's when she's channeling, it could be different members of the Council of Twelve, but she started spontaneously channeling this council, members of this council, during and then after her QHHT session. And it was just another QHHT session from my perspective, another day at the office. And mm -hmm. then this amazing, amazing thing happened. Now it started off where she met her guide, right? Was it wrong? Mm -hmm. Jordan. Well, first she meets Jordan. Okay. Jordan. So, yeah. so as you know, Jason, doing QHHT, we, we go through an induction, we get the person into hypnosis and with Dolores Cannon's technique, the way the technique goes is you come off of the cloud. And then when you come off of the cloud, you're in hypnosis and you're in presumably a different life. And Laura didn't go there. She didn't go to a past life, a future life, a simultaneous life. Mm. She comes off the cloud and she's in the sky in space and she meets Jordan and Jordan turns out to be a spirit guide. And he presents himself as a kind of one of those dudes that's on the cover of a, a romance novel. So like long, blonde, flowy hair, chiseled features and Romeo, this huh? <laughs> gold lame jumpsuit. And he's just over the top ridiculous, right? And she actually starts giggling when she sees him. Now she knew Jordan before. She knew Jordan as, a, as one of her spirit guides before. So she recognized him. And he kind of tells her, hey, we've got somewhere to go. I want to take you to this place. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is this is QHHT. This isn't how this is supposed to work. We're We're supposed to, go to, right. <laughs> We're supposed to go to another life and an important day and something is happening. And Jordan's taken over my session for me. <laughs> and so Jordan ends up taking Laura to the Council of Twelve. And then we spend an hour talking to Jude and Ra of the Council of Twelve and just having this amazing conversation. And it turns out that at a soul level, Laura herself is on the council. And so that's the connection. Okay. She is a council member called Lara, La Ra, and um, which is funny because her human name is Laura. But I was um, say, wait a minute, what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's all it, nothing La, happens. La. Yeah, nothing happens by accident, right? It's, it's and, like these shirts, right? Right. We did not matching. communicate what shirt to wear. We did not. 
<laughs> right. So then we we just have this ridiculous and amazing conversation, what the Council of Twelve is, who they are, what they do in the universe or in the dimensions that they're in, who's on the council, why is Laura there? And so we go through that whole conversation, go through the whole session. She had some physical healing, emotional healing, you know, then, then it became standard issue QHHT, where we did all the miraculous healing for her, finished the session. And now the other inter interesting thing about Laura's QHHT session is she had come to Durango, Colorado, which is where I am, from Dallas, and most of my clients fly in, they come from somewhere else, travel in from somewhere else. And she calls me that morning before her session. And she says, I'm not sure I can make the session. I've been vomiting all morning. Mm. And I'm like, knowing that she came in from somewhere else. I'm like, well, you're already in Durango. I, I've got a trash can come into my office. You can vomit in my office and we'll have your session. I'll hold you. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So she did, she was pretty sick the first part of the session. And then I got a little better and a little better. Of course, by the time we were in the hypnosis, she was fine. So I'm asking then about when we get to the healing, I'm asking about what was up with all that vomiting this morning? Like why, what's going on? And they said that her energy is so enormous mm -hmm. that it's almost impossible to fit it into a human body. I mean, think about it. A, a council of 12 members shoved into right. a human 3D body. It's not easy. So when we got to the healing part of her session, we had to do a lot of attune. They had to do a lot of attunement um, and, and, you know, realigning of the energy to, to make her feel better in her human body. So she leaves again, it's just another day at the office for me. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, and I tell clients if it's a particularly interesting um, session, you know, before they leave, I'm like, well, I might want to share part of your session with, on YouTube with your permission, of course. And I told her, I said, I might be sending you a video later. I thought it was very interesting talking to the Council of Twelve. I'll send you a URL only with your approval. Will I share it with the public? But, you know, this might happen. Like, okay, fine. So I, I did. I re-listened to it. You know, because when you're in the moment, you're like, I don't, was this really that good? Or was, you know did I just misunderstand? So I really listened to it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the world has to hear the council of 12, right? Mm -hmm. So I work up the video, I send her the URL. I said, if you would, please look at this. And then only with your approval, will I share it. And she writes me back. She goes, yeah, they've been talking to me pretty much every day, the council of 12. <laughs> so it really? was like, it was like, instantaneous at that at that moment that she was then so far permanently connected to the council of 12 yeah so ever since that session she's been able to go into trance and channel and we created this youtube channel now now the expansion project has its own channel own youtube channel and i think we're up to like 47 46 or 47 episodes that are out there she and I regularly get together, just like you and Tracy with mm -hmm. Daniel. Right. We'll get together via Zoom and she'll um, ask questions and interact with the council to get mm -hmm. information about the new earth. 
and the ascension process primarily. And then the other fun thing that we've been able to do with the expansion project, they gave us that name, by the way. Um, uh, be like, hey, name this project, the expansion. They name absolutely, absolutely. Did they say why? <laughs> well, it's about it's about expansion. the expansion <laughs> of awareness. Yeah, the expansion of our souls. We had a a conversation with them. They don't the, the Council of Twelve. Does, when I say they, that's who we're talking about right now. They don't like the word ascension. And what they said in the conversation is ascension implies that going going up in dimensions and dimensional frequency is good. And so therefore then not ascending is bad. You know, so people at lower dimensions, that's not desired. People at higher dimensions is desired. And they said, that's judgment. You know, you don't, there's, everybody's at the dimension that they're supposed to be at. And so the word ascension implies that not ascending is, you know, not a good thing. And then that's not correct. You know, people that are in lower frequency dimensions are there on purpose and they're learning and they're doing great things. And that's exactly where they're supposed to be. So they like the term expansion instead of ascension. Because you stay at the center and then you expand out. And so there's no judgment, you know, there's no uh, measuring stick in terms of, you know, are you expanded enough? Are you expanding? You know, it's, it's more neutral of a term. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I'll have links in the description below to the playlist, the expansion project. It's so far, it's 44 videos so far. And the first two or the first one's an hour long, which Mm -hmm. you highly recommend, which you kind of need to hear the first one. That's the the one. That's her QHHT session. That's when we met the council for the first time. So that works out a good base of what's going on. And then Mm -hmm. the second one, the third one, you know, there's some that's five minutes, 10 minutes, and then there's some that are longer. So yeah, since then, since the first one. What we've done is, in general, for the, for the most part, is that we ask other people's questions. So our listeners will write in and give us their questions. And that's what I'm asking. I'm not asking my questions. I'm asking our listeners' questions and then getting the council's answers on on those questions and some of them are like I'm like I would have never thought about asking this question like the one we got I can't remember which episode it was but it was recently and the question was are vampires real Mm. and I'm like I wouldn't have asked that question I don't like I don't honestly I don't care (laughs) (laughs) not your cup (laughs) no But we get these fantastic questions from our listeners. And I just love not only the conversation with the Council of Twelve, but just finding these questions that I would have never thought to ask, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what did they say about vampires? I think they, they said exist. They absolutely exist. On another and, planet, right? Is that what And it it's it's well, no, it's the point here is that the point that the council made wanted to make in answer to that question, are vampires real, is they wanted to emphasize how we don't realize how powerful we are as creators. Yes. And absolutely anything that we can imagine is then created. 
in some way, shape, or form. It might be in another dimension. It might be in a in an energy in a frequency. It might be in tangible three D you know situation. But their point was is that if we can imagine it, then we are creating it. There's there's this thinking that imagination, what we imagine, isn't real. That's just our that's a, that's a falsehood. That's our limitation. So then in that conversation, I get all panicked because I'm like, well, crap, I've thought of some things that I really don't want to come true. Do I now have to walk around like all freaked out about what I'm thinking about? No negative thoughts, no negative thoughts, no negative thoughts. Well, I didn't have anxiety before, but now I do. Thanks, counsel. No, but they said... um, they said, you know, obviously you have to put energy to it. You know, it can't just be a fleeting thought or a passing thought, but it, it is something like a vampire that you really put a lot of mental energy towards as somebody did in writing all the books and making all the movies and all of this, then yes, very much so that mm. thing becomes real. So it's kind of like the author of certain vampire novel books they put all their effort and energy into creating that world and then in a way if you look at it on tv that's a version of what they created and they created that world and it's real yeah let's guess that's one way of looking at it (laughs) all right so everybody we have to start thinking about rainbows and unicorns (laughs) my little doggy we always joke around with him he looks like a baby werewolf so (laughs) So we always tell them like, yeah, you, you remind us of a baby werewolf. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the, the questions, how someone had the question about the vampire. What I thought was amazing, because this was a question that I had. And one of your listeners said this question was about for the 5D Earth, they feel like this is sounds like heaven. And what is the difference mm-hmm. between 5D mm-hmm. and heaven? Because you're uh-huh. what, what you're talking about is heaven from what it sounds like right so you had a perfect response to that i don't know if you remember it i don't know if i remember or not i remember pieces of it you gotta watch the video (laughs) (laughs) but it it was interesting because they said that uh for most for the most part heaven in their eyes from the council's eyes is that heaven is when you go to source for your rest and for your downloads or uploading your information, what you learn, and so on. But 5D is just an energetic level higher, but you don't go back to source. You still experience mm-hmm. polarity. Mm-hmm. You know, you might still have a physical body, but an energy body you might have a less dense body or more of a dense body, mm-hmm. but you still able to experience duality. And right. I think that was yeah. some other juicy information about it. Yeah. But I remember that would be part of it. And, yeah, I was... and, I, and I think, I think, yeah, just to, to piggyback off of that and clarify this mm-hmm. 5D new earth thing. And what I've learned from the, from the council and all of these questions and all these conversations that we've had with them. So on the one side, I have, I hear people go, oh, I can't wait. I want to go to 5D right now. And what the council's very clearly told us is repeatedly is that if you're in 5D, you're not really interacting with people in 3D. 
you know, it's kind of, I mean, you can, but they're not aware of you. You're a higher dimensional being. So if a person's in 3D, they're not really aware of you. And so it, in that respect, it kind of is like to your friends and family that are still in 3D, it kind of is like you're dead. You're, you're not able to interact. So all these people like, I can't wait. I want to get there. I want to get there tomorrow. It's like, well, just keep in mind to a lot of people, it's going to be like you're dead. So you're wishing you were dead, you know, by wishing that. Right. And then on the opposite extreme, I'll hear from people that are like, you know, really working on themselves, really working on their spiritual awareness and their awakening. And they'll go, I did it. I did it yesterday afternoon. I swear I was in 5D. I ascended. And it's like, eh. <laughs> you might have got a taste of it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the council's very clearly told us repeatedly that when you're in 5D, you don't need to eat, you don't have bodily functions the way we have bodily functions. I mean, you do have a form, but it's basically an energy body. It isn't. So if you ate, drank, pooped, or peed today, <laughs> you aren't in 5D. <laughs> you're still in 3D. Sorry. So it's this, you know, it, it, there are these mistakes, I guess, these, this misinformation, I think that's out there. And, but, the, but what they tell us over and over and over again about this, well, am I already ascended? Mm, nope, not if you burped today. And, you know, or I want to send tomorrow. It's like, well, okay, you better say goodbye right now. So these boundaries, then it's like over and over and over again, what they tell us is just enjoy the ride. Be where you are. It's going to happen when it happens. And for you, it's going to happen exactly when it's supposed to happen for you. So in the meantime, just enjoy the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah it kind of reminds me. It's like, yeah, I wanted the 3D so badly to experience a, a 3D life. Yeah. And here you are now. You're like, I want to get out. Right. I want to get out. But like, right. Right. like, look, you've been in 5D in these upper dimensions for thousands, millions of years. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, I really wanted to experience the 3D. It's like, why you want to rush mm -hmm. away from it? Exactly. And I understand it, it. It's hard sometimes and, you know, all these rules and, and everything. Mm -hmm. Hopefully things get better. Hopefully things will change. Now, the council has also been very repeatedly clear on this mm -hmm. about the ascension that the earth is going through, the, the expansion that the earth herself, that Gaia is going through. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And, you know, I believe it because if you think about it, change is rough, change is yeah. hard. Yeah. And, you know, even if I go back to even Dolores Cannon's information, you know, I remember the question, what system needs to fall first? Mm -hmm. And they said that our political system mm -hmm. needs to, it's going to fall first. Mm -hmm. And Dolores thought that was very odd. She's like, it's not the medical system, uh -huh. you know, because of her practice that she was doing and all the achievements and advancements. They're like, no, your political system needs to go away first because of the corruption. Yeah. And they, you know, I want to quote someone else's uh, YouTube video, but like so many tentacles are involved in so mm -hmm. many things. And it's like tentacles just spread out and they're sucking on different energy things from each, yep. every nook and cranny corner of the world. 
So for even if any change with any type of system, whether it's political or monetary, medical, it's gonna it's gonna rattle some cages. <laughs> yeah. And and the councils talked about all of those. There's different episodes on all of those. The other ones, the education system, the food system crashing. Yeah, political, financial systems crashing. They've given us information on all of those. And yes, they all have to crash. And it's so fascinating, Jason, because you see things in the news and you go, oh, there it is. There it is. I see it crashing. <laughs> You're like, this whole thing that's happening, you know, with the, you know, is this a way of waking us up and us solving this problem and getting away yeah. from it, you know, yeah. or, yeah. you know, our political leaders, you know, when you see yeah. certain things, you're like, yeah. is this what they're talking about? Is this what's yep. going on in the books? And then, and then for curiosity reasons, I know it's hard to look at, but from a curiosity point, it's like, well, what else is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. What, you know, what else yeah. is going to happen? How else is this going to play out? You know, right. what's the right. next step? With that being said, what's some of the your favorite conversations from those videos what part did you like the most or, or even if it's a certain question that you like the most yeah well if we just stick with the systems crashing stuff it's I, I guess it's all a part of just the spiritual awakening the the increased awareness and once you start like let's let's pick a system I don't know I don't you pick a system that's going to crash you pick Jason what do you which one interests you Hmm, the political one for sure. Let's change it up. Let's go with work. Work. Okay. The work okay. machine. Yeah, yeah. And so when you start thinking about once you become aware that this system has to crash to the ground, that it has to be completely rebuilt from the ground up with love instead of fear, that's the reason. The reason all of these systems have to crash is because they were built with fear they were the inherent nut core of all of these systems is some kind of fear and they so then they that fear is that fear can't go into 5d right That's and so then that system has to crash and then be rebuilt with love so when you start thinking about then these sp very specific systems and you start looking at all of the fear that's in them. So let's talk about the work world, okay? So this, this is Holly talking, not necessarily what the council said. But for example, think about one little thing in the corporate world. You're not supposed to know what other people make. You're not supposed to know other people's <laughs> salaries, right? <laughs> How ridiculous. Like what? That's a big it, thing at my job. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, well, well, of course, for a system made in fear, that makes perfect sense. What a great policy. If you want to keep the people that are in that space in fear, that's fantastic. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Keep them at a lower level. If you have an employee at a lower level pay rate yeah. and you don't want them talking to each other and this one's here and this one's yeah. here and it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute, don't talk about that because yeah. now yeah. this person's going to want to be up here. Right, right. But mm -hmm. if I can never talk about it, then I'm, my mind is always going, am I that person? 
am I that person or am I that person? I, I'll, I'll never know. And so then I'm, I always have this like this low level anxiety, this low level fear, this striving of, well, I've got to do something different because I don't want to be that person. I want to be this person. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'll never know. Right. Mm-hmm. So just one teeny tiny little policy thing, we can see how the system was designed in fear. Now take that same system, that same policy, and rebuild it in love. Well, in love, everybody's, A, we're telepathic, so we already know what's going on. There can't be any lies or shenanigans, right? Mm -hmm. And, And then we can see how different people's gifts, different people's Uh, capabilities come into the organization in different ways and are rewarded in different ways. But if we're operating out of a place of love instead of a place of fear, it's good. It's all good. We don't need to hide that information from each other. We can receive that information and, and, and even in the receipt, operate in from a place of love with the information it doesn't mean everybody has to make exactly the same it doesn't mean you know some some form of communism or something like that what it means is is that we can when when it's transparent then and and understood in love then different values and different gifts and different rewards and different things like that are are the transparency is perfectly okay right right makes sense Because yeah, I was telling, uh, I think my coworker, I'm trying to remember how I worded it to her, because it's kind of like her job at that time was to look into it more, kind of get a feel for what the employees thought about that whole subject. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she kind of was looking at it a certain way. And then I was talking to her. I was like, yeah, but it could backfire in a way, because what if someone's been here for 20 some odd years? And they never asked for a pay raise. They never asked for anything. Mm-hmm. It just got comfortable. And the next thing you know, you hire a new individual with hardly any experience. And the next thing you know, you put them up here. Right. And it's like, and then the other employee that finds out about it leaves or complains, goes to another job because of that whole situation. And she was like, oh, that makes, that makes a good yeah. point. And then that brings in, if a system has to be built in love, then it has to be built with mindfulness, not mindlessness, Mm. right? So it's not about the broad schmear. I mean, think about it. You know, one of the easiest to connect to systems for a lot of people that is built in love is their family. If you're a parent, it's the way you're interacting with your kids, right? And any parent knows i don't do you have kids jason just a little dog okay well my buddy any parent knows that you cannot punish your children equally (laughs) because what's punishment for one is reward for another what's punishment for this one is reward for that one that reminds me of my brother (laughs) yeah yeah, my, 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 I have two kids. I have a daughter and a son. Well, they're, they're way grown now. They're 28 and 31. But when they were little, my daughter is a social butterfly. She loves being around other people. My son is an in, a extreme introvert, right? And so my daughter's punishment was to send her to her room. To send my son to his room as punishment. That was a reward. Are you kidding like, me? That it. is <laughs> not punishment, right? And so as a parent, we have to be mindful 
about our relationship because we still need to teach children lessons. They still have to have boundaries, but we do it out of a sense of love, which means that we have to think about, we have to be mindful about our interactions with them. Well, what if the workplace was mindful instead of mindless, right? And then to your mm -hmm. point in this argument, then if you're mindful and you actually love the employees that are at this organization, you would have already thought it, thought about the equity of pay for that 27-year tenured employee. He or she would have already been making something more equitable because you would have been mindful about, you would have right. loved that human being. And so therefore you would have been mindful about the equity, mm. but we're not. A lot of our organizations are mindless. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Did the council have anything else they, they wanted to share? Y'all still making videos? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We just, we just channeled just the other day. There's, three or four episodes queued up, ready to go. <laughs> and yeah. And so in some of the more recent ones, we've circled back then on this paying more attention to the individual and your individual state of being and how it's, we kind of get caught up in working with other people, working on other people, you know, helping other people heal, you know, it could be in a good light or in a bad light or whatever, but over and over and over again, emphasizing if you're not working on yourself, if you're not focused on yourself, then you're actually not helping. Yep. And I remember when I first started this YouTube channel, there was a comment made and I changed Tracy was channeling Daniel and it was kind of like, if you're not working on yourself, then you're not doing your part to work on you first. Mm -hmm. And someone left a comment saying, well, isn't that selfish? <laughs> you know, isn't that, I forgot what the terminology was, but like self love, not self love, but like being selfish towards yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, and you're not sharing right. your, energy you're not sharing your knowledge and everything yeah and i was like well you know in the comment i was kind of like i understand what you're saying but if but if you if everyone's working on and, and this was from tracy's video mm -hmm. if everybody's working on everybody else and no one's working on themselves mm -hmm. then no one's getting anywhere yeah can it's can i use that yeah. yeah. Can I use that point to pivot to uh -huh. one of the items and one of the stories that I shared in my Absolutely. book? Okay. Yeah. Come save me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my book is the title is finding purpose, surprising wisdom from the higher self. And so how it came about is um, years ago, this, all this research was done years ago. I've been a QHHD practitioner for nine and a half years now. I had the, I was lucky enough to be going through my training when Dolores was still alive. So I heard. Um, yeah. Yeah. So after doing QHHT for a few years, it kind of, it kind of freaked me out how all of the, a lot of the questions were the same. Clients would come in. You probably see this in your practice, like the, the list of the questions. I'm like, well, they're, I could, I could write a standard list of questions. <laughs> like it's the same questions over and over <laughs> and over again. Right. So I was kind of getting used to that. 
expecting the same questions over and over and over again. But then what freaked me out even more was that the answers were the same. Mm. <laughs> like, okay, these, people, these people don't know each other from Adam. And the higher self just answered that question exactly like it answered the question for the person yesterday. And they don't know each other, right? And so I started take, I started some note taking and some record keeping on these. And so what the book basically is, is it's a compilation of the answers across a little over 400 sessions for almost 440 sessions. And the answers to the question, what is my life purpose? What is my life lesson? And how do I commune with the higher self? Because those were the questions that kept coming up over and over and over and over again. And then the answers were the same. And so there were only three basic thematic answers to what is my life lesson. And there were only four answers to what is my life purpose. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's how repetitive the answers were. So then I wrote the book to, to say to people, well, while you're waiting on your QHHT session, here's some of the answers that I've seen, and maybe yours is in there. And then you can go, go on and have your QHHT session and verify, but it's probably one of these four life purposes, right? And so the life purposes are to a life as service could be one. It could be life as experience. It could be life as uh, to bring and be love in this dimension. And then the most common, almost half of the time, and you probably already know the answer to this being a QHHT practitioner, the most common answer is to be. What is my life Just purpose? To be. <laughs> to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in this, back to the example, in this the, and, and so in the book, I have lots of session segments, session stories, where I've shared client sessions, tidbits of them. And so in this life purpose as to bring love and be love in this dimension, and love is an energy, not an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. I had this client who I shared her story in the book. And it's unfortunately a very typical kind of of client in that she came to her QHHT session. I think I used the, I, I, I changed all the names for anonymity and lots of facts about the, the clients for anonymity for privacy. And I think I called her Kelsey in the book, but I'm not sure. And she had, Kelsey had been raised by a heroin addict mother. Mm. And uh, no father in the picture, and she tells me in her, in, you know, in the in the interview that she had she had learned to change her baby sister's diaper and feed her a bottle when Kelsey was five. So at the age of five, she was responsible for taking care of a newborn because the mother was so addicted that she oh, wow. couldn't, couldn't care for the for the girls. And this was how she grew up, and her life stayed that way stayed that horrible and by the time she was in my office she was in well into her 50s oh my goodness 
Yeah. And what she had done her whole life is she had worked in really very giving kind of environments. Like she worked at homeless shelters and and addiction clinics and with homeless people and on the streets. And she had spent her entire life helping what she called, this, this is her term, the broken people. That's what she did. She helped the broken people. But what we found out in the QHHC session when we're talking to the higher self is that she was kind of doing that, what she was doing, because all she, that's all she knew. She only knew broken people, right? And so she just was kind of almost like on automatic pilot or, or uh, like a robot, basically, helping. Like an endless people. cycle. Yeah, yeah. Amsterdam. <laughs> codependency we would say is a technical term in her qhht session the higher self gave her a physical sensation of source love of god love okay like like had her feel god love right there in, on the on the bed and so then they told her they said that now she can do what she's been doing but now she can bring love into that service it before it was loveless because she, she had literally never felt love in her life literally mm. and so now they're in her qhht session she feels love for the first time true love you know god love and and so and so now she can go out into the world and literally bring love to her broken people she's still helping him. So she's doing the same thing. Like her day-to-day -day doesn't change, but the energy of her day-to-day, -day, right? The vibration of her day-to-day -day changes dramatically, dramatically. And then the cutest part of her story is that, so bring her out, you know, we're talking, we're listening to a little bit of the recording, talking about what she experienced in her session. And right as she's getting ready to leave, my office she goes she goes somebody loves me somebody loves me and and it's me <laughs> she was so cute because she realized for the first time in her life that you know where love was was already inside of her right yeah mm. so cute cute story but it's but she had a life purpose to be and bring love into this dimension and and just like so many things had she not known not love she wouldn't really know love and so then that absence of love was an important part of her journey <clears throat> after the session you ever communicate with her to see how she's doing no no you know we're not allowed to do that we're not allowed to no, do that. in other words she, she never reached out to you or anything no, or... no idea where she is or what she's doing now, but I guarantee you there's a lot of love going around. <laughs> now, to circle back to the expansion project, mm -hmm. I think there was one more part of it, and I think this was yours. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the questions was, is there sex in 5D? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't my question. That was one of your listeners' questions. Right, right, right. That was one That's... of the listeners' brilliant <laughs> yeah Which you don't you don't think to ask it's it's a question it's I never on your mind but you don't think to ask that type right of well and and also too i mean they had already described the the ascension that 5d is like 
you know, kind of pseudo formless. I mean, you have a, a human shape, but it's like a dead on energy body. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, you're not going to get cut or get cancer or, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so I guess in the back of my mind, Jason, I was just like, well, I guess you don't, I don't know, you know, like, oh, how does that even work? You express your love. <laughs> yeah. So they go on to explain it and it is so much, the visuals I got as they're explaining it, this sharing of there, there is, there is sex in 5D. But it's very different and it's it's an energetic exchange. And it really what pinged me was, oh my gosh, it's exactly like the ponytail scene in the movie Avatar. You know, like the, how they put put their ponytails together and then they have this like amazing moment of sharing, you know, this connection right. moment. And that's what sex is like in 5D. It's this really intense sharing of the energy body not like humans <laughs> <laughs> hey it was an interesting question i was like oh that's pretty good it's like yeah is there yeah how, how does that all work out you know i'm a big fan of atlantis information and then in, in your episode your playlist yeah bring up atlantis and i thought that was pretty cool and i'm like yep mm-hmm. it seems like atlantis always comes back up yeah and it, i mean there's pro there's there's good things and bad things to talk about when it comes to atlantis and lemuria i've actually had probably had more clients go back into other lives in lemuria mm-hmm. than atlantis but you know it, i guess a lot of things come to mind i mean one is how and the, and the councils talked about this in the expansion project. In fact, in one of the very recent episodes, they were talking about this again, about how all of life is just an experiment, right? And, and that's actually part of the council's job that they've talked about is to kind of squash some experiments <laughs> before they started to go... No, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> Remember Atlantis? No, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> and um, and so their job is to kind of look over the universe and all the experiments that are going on. You know, advise to say, you know, that we know how this comes out. We're not going to do that. Or they they will. They've told us this that they. I'm sorry, we've got. A really cute little choo-choo train in Durango, and it's passing right by my window right now. They will even watch, they'll allow some experiments to go forward knowing that that experiment is going to fail, and yet they will let the experiment roll um, to you know, maybe the people involved in the experiment need some sort of knowledge or lesson or whatever. But so there's some experiments the council will go, nope not going there again and then there's other experiments that they'll go well this is going to be a failed experiment but we'll let it we'll let it go so that brings us to where they've talked a little bit about some of the failed experiments (laughs) or i should say some of the experiments we won't necessarily say that they're failed some of the experiments you know we got off track yeah so you mentioned some of the experiments were for example i just finished up episode eight and we're talking about the nuclear bomb Mm -hmm. so would you think yes there are some bad things linked to the nuclear bomb how it was dropped and everything and and also going back to experiment like hey guys like 
we were here once before, we're doing it again. But I guess that's the same thing, like, you know, because the conversation went is why did they, whether TTs, higher beings, why did they allow that right. bomb to be dropped? Right. So right. why not just wipe everybody's memories, you know, from the get go? Right. right? Cancel yeah. that, like the, right. the bomb never drop but i guess in a way like you were saying have um, have einstein get run over by a truck when he's five or whatever (laughs) yeah i guess that's one way to put it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but i guess you know when you said they allow certain experiments because you never know what's linked to it and then part of my my conversation was that if you think about it yes the bomb was dropped but also if you also think about it at the end of world war ii the baby boomers things started happening so all these new souls were coming in it's like hey guys you know the earth needs help we need new souls a lot new souls because we're repeating this whole process again and what would you think does that sound about right yeah absolutely and it i'm gonna go really 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 high level here (laughs) we'll work our way on to the 12th dimension already (laughs) maybe (laughs) we're going to source okay so what is god okay fabric of the universe and it is it is existence experiencing existence for the sake of the experience right and so then therefore all experiences have to be experienced this concept of god and to me god isn't you know some dude in sandals on a cloud it's the fabric of the universe but the fabric of the universe has to is is constantly exploring itself and the boundaries of the exploration of itself, right? So that's the super, 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 super high level. So then if you go, okay, well, if the point of reality is for the sake of the experience, then all experiences have to be experienced. And, and that includes things like, you know, the hybrid beings in Atlantis, the explosions in Lemuria, the atomic bombs, everything has to be experienced. And it's also like experience everything too. And, you know, we want to be a part of everything as well. Yeah. Now where the, what we've heard from the council where they go on an experiment is because that experiment isn't an experiment because we already have that knowledge. That experience has already been had. The outcome was created a whole bunch of suffering. And so then they're going to say, nope, we're not going to do that again. Really, they're saying, nope, we're not going to do that experiment again. But in reality, it's not an experiment because people, beings, reality has already done that before and it created suffering. So that's when they'll stop it. But if you think about, like, then take that then to the ascension process. And I've heard people go, well, won't it be nice when there's not 3D, right? And it's like, eh. <laughs> there's still going to be l- much lower. I mean, just because we, just because Gaia, just because Earth is ascending, doesn't mean that there aren't going to be lower dimensional places, there will still be lower dimensional places in the universe. And there will still be people wanting to souls wanting to incarnate in those lower dimensional experiences for the lower dimensional experience. That will always exist. The dark will always exist. The mistake, the suffering, the bad news will always exist because it's just part of 
the experience. Right. To experience that duality. Yeah. If everything was love and happiness, you would never experience true love if you didn't know exactly what a life is without love. Exactly. And the not love is as important as the love. It's it's all just experience. It's us who puts the you know the qualifiers, the judgment on it. So you mentioned Lemuria and Atlantis. We can wrap that subject up if you want. Was there anything you wanted to share about Lemuria? Like what you've been noticing what in sessions? Yeah, what I've what what I've come across is sessions. So this was a few years ago, this session came about. And then just recently I read something and went, oh, that's what they were talking about. Do you ever do that? Like something will come through in session. And then like years later, you'll be doing something else. You'll be like, oh, that's what they were talking about in that session three years ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, so Lemuria had, had a client do that with uh, the pyramids. And she's talking about these hidden chambers. It wasn't years ago, but she was talking about these hidden chambers that they will be discovered. And sure enough, I think like a year later or so, she sent me a link. And she's like, I remember this. <laughs> look they're talking about it on the news i said yeah yeah kind of it's, like, <laughs> it's like i guess we need a name for it it's the opposite of the mandela effect right <laughs> that's right you didn't forget it you remembered it um, the quantum effect um, right there you go so the the thing that was so interesting in this one session to me this client that regressed onto lemuria was how when lemuria sank there were seven tribes um, present on it. And then the tribes, they knew it was going to sink. And so they, they already had like their, whatever you want to call them, their rafts or boats. And we're talking like a raft would be an island, right? I mean, these are, you know, these are, these are big, not, yeah, yeah, boats, yeah. big rafts. And so the tribes were already prepared to leave Lemuria and go where they were supposed to go wherever they were supposed to go on um, different, different sense. places on the earth. Right. Sense. Um, so I thought, Oh, well, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because, okay. So seven tribes and, you know, and that comes back in the Bible, the seven tribes of Israel. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then you think about the different people, the different kind of people in the world. And it's like, well, you can kind of conceive as seven different people, different kinds of people, different races of people in the world. And then, so, and, you know, so I kind of had that tucked away. Like, oh, part of Lemuria was the different tribes leaving the continent and going their different ways in the, and in this client's regression, they said, so, so he's there at this moment, he's getting on one of these boats or arcs or islands or whatever you want to call them, but they're making agreements before they separate. They're making agreements of, number one, that the different tribes have different responsibilities in terms of how they're going to go seed the earth when they leave Lemuria, number one. And then number two, they're making agreements about coming back together. That they're going to go do their seeding and their, you know, finding out and they're exploring. And then they're kind of making this pact to come back together. And I don't know if that coming back together meant, you know, 5,000 years later, 50,000 years later, five years later. I don't know. Big Zoom party. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. 
And so I kind of had this tucked away in my mind. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Lemuria tribes, they all separate and then they all come back together. And they got So then just a few months ago, I was reading the Hopi prophecies. I don't know if you've ever read any of the Hopi prophecies, the Native American Hopi tribe. Maybe. I've probably heard different ones like the star beings the star brothers that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and mm-hmm. they would be with us again kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah all the details <laughs> there's that and then they also a part of their prophecy is now they didn't say seven tribes they said four tribes okay. that there were four tribes that went their separate way and in the hopi prophecy so there was the and in, in in the in a lot of native american traditions the four represent north, south, east, and west. They represent the directions. And so then, of course, there was the, the red tribe, there was the yellow tribe, there was the white tribe, and there was the black tribe. And they were each sent to different places on the earth, to, you know, find things out, to, to grow and explore in specific ways. So the, uh, I might butcher this, I don't know, but it's also earth, water, uh, air and fire. Okay. I don't remember all of who is who, but the yeah, white was in your video. I am mistaken. It might've been. Um, but the white tribe was to, to their challenge, their charge when they separated from Lemuria, that wasn't Lemuria and the Hopi prophecies was to find out everything they could about, about fire. And so you think about if you look at like Europe and and places where the white tribes were and the combustion engine and coal and all of the this technology around fire. It's like, oh, dang, that worked. And then but the point was, is that all of these tribes are supposed to come back together. And then the point was they all share what they know with, with each other. So one of the tribes was about earth and the other tribe was about air. And then the other tribe was about water. And then everybody comes back. The four tribes come back together. They share what they've learned. And now everybody has everybody's technology, right? And I'm like, whoa, the Hopi prophecy is exactly like what that dude said about Lemuria in that session three years ago. Oh, my gosh. It's the same. (laughs) And he didn't know the Hopi prophecy. And I didn't know the Hopi prophecy. He's just talking about his life in Lemuria. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's the same thing exactly the same thing mm, interesting yeah and their stories are usually handed down generation by in generation of course they're doing their own ceremonies as well yeah and no, nothing written down right mm-hmm. just word of mouth yeah yeah very very interesting so another thing i wanted to bring up that from your videos you, you mentioned dark matter and antimatter which was pretty mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I know we're talking about Lemuria and Atlantis. Did that ever come across in any of your sessions or information? Any connection between that? The council council did talk about dark matter, different other physics-related things that are out in the universe. And, I mean, the basic gist is it's almost like when they're talking to me through Laura, it's like, you know how a two-year-old, you'll pat them on the head and go, oh, it's okay, honey. You know, it's like, I can't even really talk to you because your level of understanding is so rudimentary, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we were talking to the council about dark matter, or antimatter. They got, they got really kind of 
torqued about the term dark matter. Mm. They didn't like that term because I to put them, like a negative emphasis well, on. I mean, they say dark and light in terms of, of high and low frequency, high and low vibration and dark matter isn't low vibration matter. So they're like, they didn't really understand that. Okay. And, and then the other thing that is interesting about this, I mean, what, what they basically said is um, that we will find it. We're on the verge of being able to actually measure and understand antimatter. Okay. Right. So the opposite of all of that. Terms. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. want the council to get upset. <laughs> but the other cool thing about this is, that this, this antimatter uh, information that came through, they told, and this isn't on any of the recordings, this is kind of the behind the scenes with me and Laura channeling. And I don't oh. know if this happens to you with you and Daniel, but I asked the question about dark matter. What is it? Or actually one of our listeners asked, you know, what is dark matter? And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Cause I'm a huge quantum physics nerd. Oh my oh. God. I love quantum physics. And um, get into that later on. <laughs> and so uh, I'm like, oh, so I can't wait to hear the answer. Well, um, so we're so Laura and I are channeling, and I'm asking. You know, I've got my piece of paper in front of me. I'm asking the the listeners questions, and I and I ask it exactly as the listener writ, wrote it. You know, I, there's zero interpretation. In a lot of cases, there's zero context. I don't even sometimes I don't even know what they're talking about. So I'm just literally reading verbatim the question on the piece of paper. The, I can't remember. If, I think I'm pretty sure we were talking about talking to Ra because we talked to Ra and Jude and Lara and Ula. We talked to different members of the council, but I'm pretty sure this one was Ra. And he goes, he pauses. So I'm reading the question and then there's just silence and silence and silence. And finally, Ra comes back and he goes, we cannot find the vocabulary in Laura's brain to answer the question. <laughs> mm. And he, they, he said, he said, she needs to go research dark matter or antimatter. I don't remember. I think we we're using the term dark matter. She needs to go research dark matter. And then the next time you're, you're talking to us, ask us that question again. And so sure enough, so I just went on to the next question. She went and did her Google searching and, you know, I mean, she didn't have to understand what she was Googling, but she had to have the words in her brain in order for the council to come through her. And she didn't even have the vocabulary to comprehend the question even. So we had to skip that question and then she do her research. And then I came back and asked the question again, but I thought that was really fascinating how they, they were searching and searching and searching and searching and literally could not find the words in her brain that they needed to use. Mm, I got you. So then after that, she did her reading material. She did her homework. And then, and then now she has some kind of verbiage, yeah. some kind of, and yeah. I guess in a way, you know, it's, everything's energy. So I guess in a way they couldn't find the energy for that vibration for her to say, or any, or any context or any comprehension or any anything. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, I asked her when I pulled her out at that session and she's just like, all I could, all I could understand. She said, it felt like looking through a file cabinet, like they were looking through a file cabinet and they couldn't find what they needed. (laughs) I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. And I don't know, have you ever had that happen in channeling with Daniel? Like Daniel just goes, it's not in Tracy's brain. I can't, no, I, I think, can't get you there. No, and Daniel, Daniel will say, this one does not know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, this yeah. one needs to learn such and such. Um, yeah. There was a situation where there were certain planets that she did not know about. And, not, and she had to go study these planets. So when she was going to have a session with one of her clients, that Daniel knew how to communicate these planets to this individual that was having a session with Tracy. So I do, oh. do kind of remember that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, some Daniel's a pretty funny person or individual or something. Cause he, he'll say, yeah, this one doesn't know the knowledge at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like, to me, it's similar to, I think, I think from their perspective, it's similar to, us looking at crop circles or light language, right? I mean, we can look Um, at light language having been written or crop circles and just go, oh, how pretty, (laughs) but it means nothing. That is true, that is true. (laughs) Yeah, this was a a crop circle. Oh, cool. I drew this back in the day when I was younger and then had to do some research to find out what, what it was, whether it was through Tracy through hypnosis through uh, a person that does automatic writing so I've gotten different things but mm-hmm. for the antimatter did they ever they told you what it meant do you remember what it meant it's it's completely ordinary is what they told us it's just it's like every other kind of matter we just can't see it yet we can't measure it but we're on the verge of I, they said something like your scientists are on the verge of being able to do that but don't call it dark matter. <laughs> Note it. No more. <laughs> you got a council of 12. <laughs> um, if you're watching this video and if it's on Guardians of Magic for the Lemuria conversation, Atlantis conversation, to see the whole video, please click on the link below and that will take you to the full interview of this conversation. You want to knock out some of these questions real quick for the sure. new earth versus the new world order? Okay. All Unless right. there's something else you wanted to share. Now this will, of course, this will be a no brainer question for you. This deals with the new earth. So you hear different things, what the new earth is, what it's not, what it could be and so on. And with your YouTube channel and with your videos and the information that came through it, what could you tell the viewers of someone's to say, Hey, what's the new earth what would you tell them yeah i i think i mean i go back to dolores's work as well mm-hmm. you know three waves of volunteers in the new earth <clears throat> we get really hung up i think we get really hung up on the human story in the new earth right and this it's in the title this is about the earth 
This is about the planet. Okay. Uh, I like where you're going. <laughs> Gaia as a sentient being. And she's maturing. She's growing. She's having a spiritual awakening. She's raising her own vibration and her own frequency and having a new experience. And then, so because she's having a new experience, all of us that are glued to the top of her, we have to have a new experience, right? And it's symbiotic, right? We're helping her, she's helping us, but Mm. it's about her. It's about Gaia. It's not about us. It's about Gaia going through this maturation process that she needs to go through for her own spiritual growth. In any of the sessions or anything like that, did this said why Gaia is changing? Why is she going through a spiritual growth? It's well, I think we've actually talked about this with the council. I can't remember what episode it was, but it's, it's just natural. All planets do this. This is just a part of her becoming mature. As far as planets go, she's pretty young. She's kind of a baby. And this is just a natural process for her to go through. Yeah. Yeah, And if I'm mistaken, I I think like for her, she was kind of tired of all that 3D-ish reality, all that. Been been there, done that. Yeah. Fighting and everything. She's like, nope, you already dropped your nuclear bomb. That's it. I'm changing. But if you think about it, I mean, if you liken it to humans, you know, okay. So she learned to ride the tricycle. And now she's like, okay, all right, I'm big enough to ride a bike. I don't want to ride a tricycle anymore. I want to ride a bicycle because I'm big enough to, I'm old enough to ride a bicycle. And so if you, if you can ride a bicycle, do you want to ride a tricycle? No, that's clunky. And I don't want to do that anymore. So she went from the tricycle to the bike and now she's going to the hover car. (laughs) She's in fifth gear, ready to zoom. (laughs) What would you take the new world order part? You know, how do you see them? You know, you see them as a cabal, you hear different terminologies. When someone says the new world order, what comes to your mind? Keepers of the systems that were built in fear. They're invested in those fear-based systems the people that are of the new world order and then of course that goes beyond people beyond humans right Uh there are fear-based other planet people um, that are here participating with us that are also fear-based there's all kinds of things that have come through in terms of you know there is an opportunity of someone who is of the new world order who is of fear there is an opportunity for them to heal while they're in body and release the fear, you know, that's part of our job. And QHHT is, is holding out that hope, you know, can they, can they release the fear? And then there are others who it's, they came here because in 3D, this was, this was fear-based systems and they wanted to experience those fear-based systems. And once there aren't fear-based systems, they're just going to need to leave. There's just not going to be an experience for them. It's kind of like, if I remember correctly, like even the negative individuals or negative beings, we still have to show them love Mm -hmm. and give them an opportunity to change as well. Now, if they choose not to change, then that's on them. But still, we have to give them the opportunity to change. Right, right. And you don't change them by you going into fear. (laughs) 
That defeats right. the purpose. Then you are now, the new world order. <laughs> now the cycle continues. Right. <laughs> so here's the fun question. And listening to your, your videos, the new earth sounds amazing. But why would the new world order try stopping it in certain ways? You know, what are your thoughts of why would they try to stop it? Yeah, I go back to that example of Kelsey that I just talked about Mm -hmm. with a heroin addicted mother. She literally her entire life for 50 years had never felt love. She did not know what it was. Okay. And so if you've never known anything except fear, it's going to be really challenging for you to release it right? Mm -hmm. You don't, you completely identify it. How, how could I not have fear? What, what else is there? I don't even know how to describe what else is there. And so, and so then the, the white knuckle grip of grasping onto the fear is natural, you know, it's expected because you don't know what else there is. And for Kelsey, the only way that she would have ever been capable of feeling love is in that deep, 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 deep state of hypnosis where her ego self and her conscious mind were not, not, they didn't have the grasp on her. So since they didn't have the grasp on her, she was allowed to learn new things and and change as well. Feel things, feel things that she had never felt before. And from a conscious mind standpoint, had absolutely no connection to no way of understanding. So we had to bypass that to get her to even know what love was. They say we need to put in the work for this new earth to change ascension or um, what you call it? Expansion. Expansion. Yeah. Expansion. Yeah. Gonna have to change all the words tonight <laughs> for for the expansion to work, and we have to put in the work. What is some of the things the council says, or even from your sessions? Yeah. What are they saying? Like, what are some of the things we need to do or work on? Yeah, over and over and over and over again. You know, I it's funny because sometimes I'm like, oh, thank God, my client's eyes are closed, so they can't see me do the eye roll. Or <laughs> even Laura, when she's channeling, her eyes are closed, so she can't even see me do the eye roll. <laughs> but because it's it's like every freaking session, we get back to this. You have to work on you. It's the only thing that you need to do is you know you and you release your fear and you study your experiences and you introspect and reflect and release the fear and be in love over and over and over again. And so often, and I really think that our society is just like really programmed into this of either there's a distraction. Well, I won't work on me because look, there's something shiny over here. Shiny. Mm. Let me go play with that. Right. And so we distract ourselves from introspecting on her, on ourselves, or, you know, we've had religions teach us that, oh, we need to be helping this other person over here instead of me working on me. With some of the examples, you say working on yourself and if yeah. someone was like, Hey, what does that mean for me right. to work on myself? Yeah. Yeah. Great. What does that great. mean? Like, yeah. Great. Question. Working on himself 
reading books or right let's get like a really real world example oh i have one from a client there we go (laughs) (laughs) so mom and a seven-year-old son all of the kids all of the little kids right now are like oh they're so ascended beings it's like crazy how mom can't even keep up with them oh my gosh (laughs) and so this kid is very he is very hyper he has a lot of energy a lot of activity and she was trying to get him to sit still at the dinner table and mom and dad were, were there and you know they had tried yelling at the kid you know sit down you know finish your dinner you're i'm taking your screen time away from you you know punishment blah 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 doing all the typical human things the typical human parent things and finally the dad says at the dinner table he goes do you do this to, I forget the name, his teacher's name at school, you know, let's say Miss Smith. Do you do this for Miss Smith? Do you not listen to Miss Smith? And, and he goes, no, I listen to Miss Smith. So when Miss Smith tells you to sit down, you sit down. And he goes, the little boy goes, yeah. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference between Miss Smith and me and mom? She says, please. Here's this seven-year-old ascended being reflecting back to it's his parents that they are approaching him with fear. Sit down, shut up, listen to me. I'm the adult. You're the kid, right? That's fear. That's control. The need to control even our children is fear. Okay. And then the little kid in, in a single word is basically reflecting back to the parents. Um, you need to release your fear and then you need to come even connect with me as a seven-year-old with love with respect, with the please. So working on yourself is being able to take criticism like that, even from a seven-year-old and go, where am I not operating in love? Where am I operating in fear? And and on the surface, telling a little kid to sit down and eat his dinner doesn't seem like fear, but it is when you don't say please. So it sounds like we'll have some interesting work to do on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's rooting out all of that fear. And all of us have hidden pockets and corners and dark closets of fear. And so working on yourself is understanding your fear and then releasing it. Now to circle back, this will be a little change of subject. They talk about the wave of light, whether it's the cosmic rays Mm -hmm. or the blue white light and so Mm -hmm. on solar flare solar flare mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has any of that ever came up in any discussions yeah oh this i got a freaky example on this well number one the council has always said everyone ascends on their own timeline Mm -hmm. that there there might be solar flares there might be flashes there might be things that happen globally but everyone ascends on their own timeline there is not they've never said that there's this mass momentary ascension okay and i've i've pushed them on that because i always you always keep hearing about this like we're all going to ascend like suddenly and it's like nope you're all ascending on your own timeline well i have a perfect session example and it's actually in the book as well that explains this so I had a client come in and one of her questions, one of her QHHC questions was about this scenario. She had a year to the day 
prior to the, her session. She had been at whichever one, oh no, it wasn't one of the Disney's. I think it was Legoland. It was one of the, the little kids' amusement parks, Legoland. Okay. Her daughter, I can't remember how old her daughter was. Let's say 10. Her daughter was 10, you know, little kid. And it was just her and her daughter at Legoland. And she gets a phone call on her cell phone in the middle of Legoland. And it's this other woman. And the other woman says, hey, we met at this church last Sunday. And our daughters played together. And they had so much fun. You gave me your phone number to set up a play date. I'm just calling you to set up a play date for your daughter and my daughter. My client goes, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't been to that church in six years. I don't, you've got me confused with someone else. Oh boy. And then the woman on the phone is like, no, I'm calling your phone and our daughters played together. And, and so the one woman thinking that my client just wanted to get out of the play date and my, my client going, this woman's got me confused with someone else. Mm. So an argument ensues, right? I mean, these women are yelling at each other over the phone by the end of it, right? And so finally, my client takes the phone, takes a selfie of her and her daughter, texts it to this woman and goes, look, you have me confused with someone else. Oh, and, the other, and the other woman comes back and goes, no, that's you. And your older daughter looks a lot like your younger daughter. And then my client goes back and says, I only have one daughter. Okay. Ooh. And so she comes into her session with what was up with this? What's the situation? And so it's getting juicy. <laughs> right. And so the higher self says, yes, he says, there was a wrinkle in time that what was six years to one woman was three days to the other woman. Now, my client didn't miss six years. It wasn't missing time. It was that her time continuum was different than this other woman's time continu continuum. Ideally, the higher self says the other woman was supposed to have lost the phone number and never made the call. But literally, what was six years to one, one, one woman was three years to another. Okay. And so I use this example because you'll he hear people say, the solar flare is going to happen on March 22nd, right? Or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they'll predict mm -hmm. this mass global thing that's going to happen on a specific date. But Jason, my March 22nd isn't your March 22nd. Right. My March 22nd might be six years in the future and it might be three days in your future. Right. Time is relative. It is an illusion. It is not... It is not objective. And so anybody who's predicting anything on a given day, it's like, I'm sorry, but you don't get it. We're all on our own timeline. You know, just to go along with that, like everybody's going to experience it in their own way, their own time frame. And like you were saying, that individual, you mentioned March 22nd, that mm -hmm. individual might experience March 22nd, but mm -hmm. I might not experience right. it five years from now. Exactly. You know, on exactly. July 22nd. You exactly. Know? And so you hear these people trying to predict the future and it's like, well, that might be true for you, the predictor. Well, that's not true for anybody else. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was thinking, well, if they're in other dimensions and they see it all the time and you're speaking to the higher self, maybe they got that person's timeline mixed up with exactly. someone else's timeline. Maybe, maybe. Like, eh, maybe they're just off on something. Maybe they've been, you know, yeah, everything was supposed to happen in March, but you know, they didn't maybe they just didn't get their year right because they were yeah. looking at 
all these time. Yeah. So it's like, it's dimensions. like maybe another way to try to explain it is from their perspective, right? Cause they see time. I mean, it's so hard for humans to wrap our heads around, but you know, I try to think of it as like, think of time, just like geography, right? That all time all exists right now, but like there's some of it's over there and some of it's over there and some of it's over there. And it's like, okay, well, when, where is the solar flash going to happen? On the Mississippi River? Well, that narrows it down. Not. St. Louis, <laughs> New Orleans, Michigan. <laughs> right? And so it's like, in the future, soon. Like, okay, but that's as I love close that part. as they can get. Yeah. But for them, time is so much different. Quicker, yeah. faster, slower, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you mentioned dates. I think in some of your sessions they brought up certain dates, if I ain't mistaken. Mm-mm-mm. No, they've no. never they've never no brought years. up a date. Mm-mm. No years. No, Just no. They'll say they'll say soon. They'll say or they'll point to things. They'll they'll point to things that they see happening in our timeline and say this is an example of that. You know. Okay. Like the food system crashing. Um, is one and they'll point to things that are actually happening he's like oh yeah that was in the news last week yeah um so they reference they reference our timeline um regularly okay i wasn't too sure if it was your video but 2030 came up i didn't know if 2030 ever came up in your any of your videos nope nope but but (laughs) that day that year is important okay and from my perspective, from Dolores. Oh, if you, notes, read, if you read the Nostradamus books. Oh, I, I always want to read the those. very end of the third book. There are dates given. Third, the third book of Nostradamus? Uh-huh. The end of the oh. third book. Yep. I thought there was only two. No, there's three. There's three Nostradamus and the and the year uh, one of the possible because what Dolores did at the end of those books for anybody who doesn't know about those books she was able to connect with Nostradamus real time through time through hypnosis through another person so she's talking to Nostradamus as if he's in the room through hypnosis and she wrote three books about but it's mainly her working with him to reinterpret his quatrains into modern English, right? Because they were all like convoluted and weird French and facts hidden and blah, blah, blah. And at the very end of the third book, Nostradamus is talking about like there's things in history and and he's talking about planetary alignments and um astrological kinds of things and so Dolores is like well I'm gonna go get an astrologist so she goes and starts working with this astrologist to interpret the planetary alignments that Nostradamus is talking about Mm. and the astrologist says well based upon what he's talking about it could be this year or this year and one of the this years was 2029 but not it was just a certain planetary alignment nothing specific from it Oh, it's in that book. There's a map of the flooding on the earth and how little land mass is left. Oh. And that's what they were talking about. Right. Because 2030 does come up with Dolores Cannon's in one of her other books as well. 
and they mentioned that it was a negative timeline if mankind doesn't change. And I, Nostradamus mm-hmm. even mentions that too. It's the same thing. Yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. Negative yeah. timeline if if yeah. y'all don't change what y'all doing in the yeah. '90s, for example, uh, your 2000 and your 2010 is going to be a negative outlook. Yeah. Yeah. And she said the same thing before when she was lecturing about Nostradamus later in her life. She's like, you know, Nostradamus said, you know, I mean, it's it's up to the it's up to what timeline we choose. Interesting answer. I was not expecting that. So if we could circle back to the New World Order mm-hmm. for the elites. Now, this came this was a question that my one of my clients came up with and she wanted to know are like are the elites reincarnating into these certain bloodlines and these certain families uh whether they're rich and powerful or royalty anything like that come to find out yes they are because they think that's what they always need to do Hmm. has that ever came up in any of your sessions well, one of the things that, okay, so I'm going to go, I'm also on this one. I'm going to go in a direction you're not expecting. Oh, you got my attention. <laughs> I don't believe in past lives. Okay. Okay. Number one, there's no such thing as time. All time is now, just like we talked about. Okay. A minute ago. So how can it be past? Right. And then number two, we're all part of the all. Okay, we're not really, in the grand scheme of things, we aren't really individual souls. They're really just different fractals, different aspects of source of the all. Okay, so when I say my past life, it's like, eh, okay, all my reincarnations, all my incarnations are happening right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And from a quantum level. <laughs> exactly. And 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 my soul as a part of the all is not separated from all of the other souls. And all of us have to experience everything. Okay. So mm-hmm. back to your to your point. The elite reincarnation or the elite incarnations are all happening now. They're not choosing another one next and then next and then next. They're all mm-hmm. now. Okay. They've all already been chosen. They're all already at play. Okay. Okay. And for me to think that, that I'm separate from them at a soul level is also a falsehood. They're just another aspect of me at a soul level. Right. Absolutely. The great reset. I don't know if you have much information with that or if y'all dove dug into that a little bit and you hear about it, the world economic forum, the Great Reset, is yeah. that more for the New Earth or the NWO? Yeah. So we we talked about this at length with the council. Okay. And I want to say it was Jude. And Jude is the head honcho on the council. Okay. And um, so this is about the collapsing economic systems. And so then part of my question to, to Jude was, so what does what is the financial system in 5D? Like what does that even look like? And if you can think about it, if we're, if we don't have the three-dimensional human body, if we have a five-dimensional human body, mm-hmm. 
then our needs aren't quite the same. We still have houses, kind of, sort of, but they're more like energy bubble kind of things. So you don't have to, like, I, I literally asked Jude, I'm like, so do we have like kitchen sinks? Like, how, like what, what are our needs, right? In 5D. And he's like, he kind of giggled. He's like, no, you don't need a sink, right? And so our needs are different. Think about it. If you're an energetic being, your needs are different. And so getting hung up on having things for your security, for your physical body, you know, shelter, food, safety, those kinds of things, it's just different. And so he said that, yes, there will be exchanges, there will be financial systems in 5D, but think about it like bartering. Like you have something that you don't want anymore. I would like it. I have mm -hmm. something that you don't want anymore. We're just going to trade our energies out. Okay. Like that. So it's like bartering. Mm -hmm. So then that got me on the conversation of, okay, well, here's point A, where we are now. And here's point B, what you're talking about now. Well, there's a long way between these two points. Mm -hmm. and so what does it look like as we get to that point of just a pure bartering of energy kind of thing? And he did talk about a purely digital money system and it being an important transition from A to B so that the, the, the things, the coins, the pieces of paper, those things do need to disappear. It goes only to ones and zeros into a computer and that's necessary to then go the next step, which is just the pure energy. So he didn't really put it in context of, you know, this is good or this is bad, but in terms of this being necessary, the pure computer, you know, virtual type money scenario being necessary to move to an energy barter bartering system. Which is a perfectly way, talking about digital money, the metaverse. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, another YouTuber, BQH and QHHT, Allison Coe. So she posted a video and it talked about how the NWO wants us to become more 2D. And one of the ways that they want us to become more 2D, to go from the 3D to the 2D, yeah. uh, talks about the metaverse and everything. Mm -hmm. Was that ever brought up in any conversations you had? Not directly, but from my perspective, like we talked about earlier, over and 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 over again, their message is work on yourself. Do the introspection, do the internal work to release your own fears. Okay, that's your job right now. And in my mind, if I'm plugged in to a video system or a computer system, I sure as heck ain't introspecting. It's a distraction from the introspection, right? Mm -hmm. It prevents me from doing the introspection. In fact, it distracts me from doing the introspection. So I would interpret it personally, although the council hasn't spoken to the metaverse directly as, yeah, that's not a good thing. If my job is to search internally to understand my own fears and release them, playing in the metaverse is not helping and the reason why i bring it up because i find it very interesting if you look at it from a metaphysical point of view that we're powerful creators we're creating our own reality kind of like how we we're talking about the vampires earlier mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it makes kind of sense if they 
have that same knowledge and that same information to collect the masses to create the reality. What better way to put our creativity into a video game? You know, we're not creating our true reality. We're creating our reality into this digital thing. And at first, when when I first was hearing about the metaverse, I was like, and you hear about the new earth, it's like all these crazy things that goes on. I was like, is that the new earth as well is that their form of it but it kind of says no because you're not experiencing everything the smell the right the individual love the connectivity with another individual but but think about it too if our job is to do the introspection and release our internal fears which they said over and over and over and over and over and over and And they and they say the best way to do that is through meditation the best way to do that introspection is just flat out meditation. But there's also all kinds of other distractions. I mean, it doesn't ha- even have to be the metaverse. You know, it could be, it could be, you know, all the political, you know, fighting, infighting, the the news TV shows. It could oh, be, I see what you're saying. It could, like, be, it could mm-hmm. be even something as seemingly benign as, oh, I'm a gourmet. I like to go out and do fine dining and, and with fine wines. Well, that's not necessarily bad, but if that's distracting you, like if you have a hobby, you know, kind of thing that is like distracting you from doing the internal work, that's just as bad as the metaverse. Yeah. Cause I always wanted to get your opinion on that. And, and it kind of makes sense. You know, if you're always plugged in, you're, you're always, you know, your attention's over here and you're not working on yourself and you're always focusing on these other virtual reality things and you mentioned meditation so was there any advice of how to do certain meditations in case someone's wondering yeah so they always say every day every day every day (laughs) at least once a day every Every day. day and then they also always say it doesn't have to be long 10 minutes it doesn't have to be hours it's just a few minutes And then they say that the goal, the point is to find some way, and it's different for different people. And the council has gone into this in gory detail in many episodes. Find some way to clear your mind, to to stop thinking. And uh, in a recent episode, they were talking about, for some people, this is listening to a sound you know, it could be, it could be a singing bowl, you know, it could be a pleasant sound, it could be, you know, that nice instrumental music, or it could be uh, an air conditioner, you know, or a, a, a washing machine, right? It doesn't even have to be a nice sound, right? For some people, it's complete silence, you know, for other people, it's sitting in a certain way, for other people, it's watching their breath, you know, but their, their point is, you need to find your way of sitting and clearing your mind and thinking about nothing for at least 10 minutes a day. Uh, so the goal is not to focus on anything or think of anything. It's to clear your mind of yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's and kind then, of a way for, the, for us to rest too, correct? To rest yeah, the mind? I think they have a secret agenda though. Oh, what you thinking? Why I think it's downloads. Why you, yeah, I was going to say. You're clear, you're it's the down, they can download. <laughs> but when you're, they can't get the downloads in. 
That's my theory. They haven't said that. That's my theory. Yeah, you might be on the some, you know, those council of 12, you know. <laughs> uh, any information on AI by any chance? Artificial you intelligence? No, ha- I haven't. That, that question is in the queue and hasn't been asked yet. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Next subject will be DNA. Has DNA ever came up? changing in the DNA? Uh, not so much from the council, but from in QHHT sessions regularly, I wouldn't say frequently, but regularly they will, they'll actually do DNA work in the session. And what they're working on, just uh, repairing DNA, upgrading DNA? It could be, it could be, un, it could be unfurling new DNA, additional DNA. It could be repairing. Yeah. Okay. Reprogramming. And we all know the question or the answer to this one. Is the NWO trying to change our DNA by any chance? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. And and that goes back to Atlantis. That was the mistake, right? That was the, they were playing with DNA and they didn't know what they were doing. And it was really, really, really bad. Now, did you have any, did that information came from Dolores or did that come from one of your sessions both Both. okay uh are you able to share anything like what was going on from your point of view just the 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 mixing of the species the the hybridization stuff which is we're doing now again with crispr yes yes uh uh what was another one growing a human's heart in a pig's body Mm. you know uh Mm. And we all saw the picture of an ear on a rat. Yeah. You know, they're growing a human ear. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's a big no, no. You mix right. in the animal kingdom and the right. human kingdom. Yeah. That's not yeah. the way that's supposed to work. Yeah. You guys are doing it again, just like Atlantis. Yeah. Yep. It's funny how yep. it always comes back. Yep. What about transhuman? Did anything come up with how this whole thing, you know, us becoming more machine-like, getting plugged in? No, just the the energy body thing, the opposite direction. It kind of seems like, yeah. hey, guys, don't explore this energy body thing. Come <laughs> more machine. Come over this way. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it seems like. Which is, again, it's just it's getting away from your true self, which is not that's keeping you from the expansion, not mm-hmm. helping you. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know if you know. I usually call it the rabbit hole community. Now, this would be more bonus footage. Maybe YouTube, <laughs> not too friendly, but it's more right. bonus footage. For, for the Q boards, the QAnon community, has any information come, come across on your side about Q? No, not specifically, okay? However, I mean, I'm just plugging it into everything else that I hear, and it would seem that anything that's breeding fear is not a good thing. So, you know, and it's, it's hard to, it can be hard to discern. And so hence the need for the internal work. But if you're, if you're following certain lines of thinking and you're feeling fear, you're feeling more and more and more fear in that line of thinking, stop it. That's not helping. On the other hand, you can be following information and uncovering truth, but truth doesn't feel like fear, right? Truth feels like peace and calm I, and alignment, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And so it, 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 it's not good or bad. It's how is it, 
Is it hooking you on fear? That is bad. Or is it uncovering truth? Then that's not bad. Mm, very interesting. The reason why I asked, because I noticed both communities have very similar words, whether it's a session with QHHT or the boards, they use certain terminology as well. So that's why I was asking, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did amazing job. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we did not talk about? I don't think so. I don't Perfect. think so. Your book, we talked about your book a little bit. Uh-huh. Is it on Amazon? How can someone... It's on, yep, it's on Amazon, Audible, Kindle, all the forms. Um, and that's the cover right there. Yes, this yes, beautiful it is. Beautiful painting. Mm-hmm. And the title is Finding Purpose, Surprising Wisdom from the Higher Self. Perfect. And I'll have a link in the description for her book. Her, you have a website? I do. It's awarecaredurango.com. A-W-A-R-E-C-A-R-E Durango.com. And her YouTube channel and that playlist with the expansion. Go check it out. Binge watch it. Try to put the Netflix and the Hulu to the side (laughs) and watch. It's very, very interesting. It, It nails a lot of interesting topics. Well, thank you very much. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you. And I'll be listening to Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And if you ever want to come back, if you, you know, if you want to talk about something else, a different topic or whatever, just let me know. Okay. All right. right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.